All right, guys, you're listening to the cold cast, the cold, the cold cast up in the attic. <laughs> Perfect timing. Today, I'm Nathan Brandt, co-founder of Coal Ironworks. Today, we're here with Charlie Ellis. What's the, what's your Instagram handle? Charles Lionheart. Lionheart. What's the name of your, do you have a company or is it just under? Uh, Yeah, I, which my website's Charles Lionheart too. Okay. Which when I opened, when I filed for taxes or whatever that stuff, I yeah. did Eagle Crest Forge because I, I couldn't think of anything else like <laughs> 10 years Perfect. ago. Yeah. Or 14 years ago. 14. So is that how long you've been? How long have you been blacksmithing, making knives and stuff? Uh, like when I was 14, I started. Yeah. Which, you know, the first few years don't really count for much. But yeah, it's, it's That's good foundational for the stuff. Though. Yeah. Yeah. They would just say, like, oh, I've been doing this since I was 14 years oh, yeah. old. No, I totally do that. <laughs> <laughs> um, but, yeah, since, um, so, like, 17 was when I really started getting into it and stuff. Yeah. Yeah, and you're how old now? 32. Okay. Yeah. So the math of that is in there somewhere. Someone will do that for us. Yeah, it doesn't matter. <laughs> so tell me, tell me about your work. Tell me about what you... Like, what got you initially interested in, in forging? Yeah, just being a little snotty-nosed 14-year-old reading Lord of the Rings and watching the movies when You're I was allowed to. Guys. <laughs> yeah, sure. <laughs> it took a little bit of convincing yeah. at first, which, of course, like, we had some friends that they were watching it, and, of course, your parents always walk in when the... Urukai are being birthed in the <laughs> mud pit. <laughs> what are you <laughs> watching? <laughs> uh, but yeah, after reading the books and a little bit of convincing, I was allowed to watch them. So then seeing the blades, and I mean, was that you directly started right into knife making and your interest was primarily swords and... Yeah, swords and armor and stuff, which I did a little bit of that, but there's not a huge market for <laughs> swords and armor. So, yeah. And it's just so time consuming too you know started doing more knives and stuff and I really enjoy doing you know Christian knives are my main focus yeah I just that's the most useful knife to the most widest range of people you know everyone everyone eats yeah so (laughs) most people cook (laughs) did you so you started to notice that those were you were able to sell that more and you had more of a base of people that you could supply with the with the chef's knives mm-hmm. and then yeah. did you kind of constrain yourself creatively to apply your interests specifically towards that like or did you just kind of find yourself naturally gravitating towards those shapes and designs yeah I just really enjoy the the shape of them and yeah the functionality of them yeah the um yeah it's just because you have a wider blade there's just for patterning sure. for Damascus, you know, you have a bigger playground to play with. Yeah. It's fun. I so, enjoy it. So when you were getting started outside of Lord of the Rings, what were your, what were your inspirations as you were kind of coming into your own creatively? Um, <laughs> so long ago. <laughs> well, I mean, what stuff stands out to you is like important to where you are today. What yeah. what started that roadmap? Yeah, which like, um, I took classes at the Haywood Community College in Clyde, North Carolina. Okay, 
and then they were they had um abs hammer ins there so yeah. you know jason knight would be there and bert foster and uh, a bunch of other <laughs> a bunch of other makers <laughs> blanking yeah. on names but sure you know james wrote a ball and yeah but you know jason knight for sure yeah um and Bert Foster, they're a big influence on me. Yeah, getting into things and being like, oh man, like <laughs> that's the potential of what you could do with it, you know? Yeah, absolutely. Style-wise well, and functionality. And what would you say your kind of artistic bent is today? Like, what do you specialize in? Yeah, I've got like a few different kind of flavors. You know, mm-hmm. the more faceted, geometric aspects and then more flowy shapes as well i enjoy both both of them you know are both of them though in your execution because i've seen i've seen your instagram and there's a lot of math in your instagram so is everything you do really like mathematical (laughs) (laughs) uh just like the patterning and stuff you know sure not really Design wise. So patterning more so than the shape of the knife. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, which I've tried doing like golden ratio stuff and and I can never it just feels like shoehorned in and I never get a shape that looks right. So I just do what looks right, you know, to me. So do you start with a design in mind? and plan your way through it? Because everything that you do seems very like you are executing on a vision. Is that true? Is that pretty accurate how your workflow goes? Or Yeah, for the most part, which sometimes too, I'll just have like a general, like I'm just going to make an eight inch, eight inch chef. Yeah. And then I'll forge something out and maybe it'll be a little different than what I was shooting for. But when I have that blade profiled, I'll, that's where I really design and build from that. Yeah. Uh, which sometimes I do have like a a design which I'll make out a steel template and work to that template. But okay. Most of the time I'm just freeform having fun at the forge and playing with it. So do you primarily, as you're building your your blades, are you working on a commission basis? Do you make your blades and then offer them for sale? Like what has... Have you done both? And, and tell me about some of your experiences along yeah, the way. Yeah, I've done both. I've I've um, closed my books. I've just been making stuff and selling it. It's, yeah. it's just, I don't, it's because, you know, you're always trying to quote a price and then you're regretting right. the price you <laughs> quoted and hating yeah. yourself as you're deciding yeah. that those little extra steps that you just want to do just to do them. It's like, we're not making money, money from doing this, which I don't really, that you never really make your money on anyways, you know, it's just a passion thing and just to show off and, (laughs) (laughs) and do something to make yourself feel good, you know, sure. See what you can do, you know? Right. Well, and so that, I mean, that's a perfect problem for mm-hmm. someone like yourself that's an artist in a position that's, I mean, you're trying to make a living mm-hmm. and you have a, a family to support. You've got three small kids mm-hmm. and a wife and, and you're trying to manage. So you're, you're, how long ago did you go full time in your making? Yeah. Uh, it's like three and a half years now before okay. in August. So. And what, what pushed you to make that decision? 
Um, I was working for another blacksmith. I was working with him for five years, and there was, like, I was starting to do less hours to have more time to work on knives. Sure. And But then it was, like, working less hours. I wasn't making enough a week to live off of. And right. I didn't have enough time after that to get stuff done fast enough to <laughs> make up for it. So yeah. I just felt like I had to just go for it and jump. And yeah. my wife was really supportive too because it was like it was at a point where it's either like I got to get another job somewhere else and right. do that and or like just believe in myself. <laughs> <laughs> and yeah. buckle down and go full time. So. Yeah. So you you went full time. Did you have a backlog of work, or I had a couple little orders, you know? But yeah, it was mostly just like I think I can sell this stuff, you know. I think I can mm. make do, you know. Yeah. Which it was the first year or two. It there was some pretty <laughs> squeaky getting by times but of course um you know we always got the pills bills paid in time and yeah uh we didn't get into debt at all so it's like that's <laughs> doing better than like, yeah. <laughs> a lot of a lot of people yeah yeah so, yeah. so then hey nathan so before our brief reprieve we were just talking about you had gotten to the point where you couldn't work enough while maintaining your day job mm-hmm. to move into the full-time work. And I was talking about, I think, did you have a backlog? You said I had some yeah, couple, I had orders. A couple orders. So, I mean, I'm really curious about this point because personally I was in a similar boat when I decided to go full-time. It was like I couldn't physically work enough hours in a week. and I, But I also couldn't look at it and tell my wife, and we had a young family. I only had one kid at that point. I couldn't like point to anything and say, this will keep us safe. (laughs) You know what I mean? Like it was very much like, I need you to trust me that this is going to be okay. And my wife was super supportive. Um, But it was, I mean, she was a a full-time stay-at-home mom uh, by our second kid. And so it got really scary at, it was like simul- it all happened. It was really exciting, but it was also really scary. Yeah. Did you have a similar experience? Mm-hmm. Yeah, we had just the one kid at that point too, and my wife was staying at home with him, and like we had like hardly any savings. You know, it's like yeah. all the things that they say not to do when yeah. you start a business. <laughs> but yeah. it's like, I mean, what are you gonna do? You either gotta try you have it, to. Or, yeah. Which, um, like where we're living is my mother-in-law's house. She basically letting us live there for free, like just sure. covering taxes and insurance and stuff. Oh, she, very cool. Um, she got remarried and moved up to um, Tennessee. Okay. So, so you've the, got that whole property. Mm-hmm. Oh, that's awesome. Which, yeah, that's a huge, like I probably couldn't even do what I do if I right. had to pay rent and pay shop rent oh, or whatever. Absolutely. Especially you, Asheville area. It's insane yeah. around there. <laughs> yeah. But, so you've got your shop on your property. Tell mm-hmm. me about your shop. How big is it? It's uh, <laughs> like 14 by 20. <laughs> That's, I mean. But yeah, it's it's the job done. Yeah. You got everything in there, all your grinders, all your equipment, like what? what? Yeah, if we, like all the finishing work I do 
on my forging, I am able to do that where I used to work. He lets me okay. rent shop time from him for that. So Got it. Which, you know, a day or two of making steel and forging blades, and that keeps me busy for a month or two. So. Sure. Well, especially when you're forging the kind of stuff that you're forging. Mm. That's crazy. Can you see the Kelly sticker? God bless it. Nobody will know. Hold on. <laughs> <laughs> The thing I think that's most unnerving about this is that countdown clock. It just reminds me that it takes me a long time to do anything because all it's I'm doing counting is counting up. You know what I mean? Yeah. Okay. Well, tomato, tomato. Um. So, what about? I've seen you. You moved into making some tools. Mm -hmm. Tell me about how you ended up there. What's that process been like? Yeah, like I just. I'm always looking for more efficient ways to work and stuff and yeah. just ways to make it easier to do stuff, you mm -hmm. know, um, and sharing stuff on Instagram. I noticed that stuff like that really caught a lot of attention, you know? Sure. So I, I did that, um, that like work rest that yeah. sits the, the double work rest that sit to the side of the platen so you can do any kind of angle, you know, there's no constraints to it and mm -hmm. you can just swap out belts without having them right move stuff you know which is nice um so yeah like i made one just for myself to do it and people are like oh i want one of those <laughs> like, okay so which of course that one you know took me like a day and a half to make because right. i was figuring out what the heck i'm doing you know yeah and, um so i did i ordered some materials to make like six of them to see how long it take me now that i've figured out what i'm doing mm. And extrapolated the price from that. Yeah. Um, and those all sold like in 10 minutes. I was like, <laughs> well, I guess, I guess people want these. <laughs> so I, yeah. after that, I, I set up a pre-order so that I would know, you know, how many exactly, people wanted yeah. one. Yeah. Right. So like, I, cause you don't want to make, you know, 50 of them and then 10 people buy them and right. you're sitting on yes. 40 work rests. But, right. um, yeah, I sold a bunch of them and they've been, keep me busy for a couple months. So. Mm, that's been awesome to yeah. see kind of you tooling up. So do you have that equipment in your shop? I mean, you, you're mm -hmm. in a bridge port and all that kind of stuff. Yeah, is... bridge port and surface grinder. Yeah. Bought a tap paddock to tap all the holes. Yep. Yeah. So they had, um, and just making some dedicated jigs to make those work rests. Yeah. Um, really made it more efficient to make them. So yeah, hopefully more people. Want them. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, I'm ready you, for it. Do you sell those on your website? Mm -hmm. And yeah. that's Charles Lionheart. Charles Lionheart.com. Yeah. Charles, Charles Lionheart.com <laughs> for work rest. I didn't even notice the fact that you, you could take the swap the belts without changing them. Cause mm -hmm. I, uh, I don't make knives. I'm not a knife maker. I throw major shade at knife makers just because they make me feel bad about myself. And your work and your beautiful bread knife especially has made me feel a lot of insufficiency. But oh, that's beautiful. Now go back to that. I want to see that again. Go to the, the one with the go back one. No. Oh, my gosh. These are so that. What yeah, kind of wood a, is that? Uh, African blackwood. That's so pretty. Mm -hmm. And then you did like a, what's the little thing on the butt? That. That's, um. What's that called? Is that holding the, the handle on? Uh, it's, it's kind a of a cap pull. for it's that. A there's a, okay. yeah, there's a, 
like a fastener a fastener under it yeah oh, that's so cool where some people will do like have a corby bolter like a tang nut to sure. do it but i like to um just have a bolt underneath and then i cap it with that cap that's really pretty is that what this is yeah that's so that would be I'm so you've there. been this looks complicated so yeah, is this a lot of setup is this three pieces mm-hmm. so this is tapped mm-hmm. and then you thread this and put that in with, yeah the the tang is a um a shoulder screw that i grind down to a oh, okay oh my gosh and then tap the end for There's so much hand 632 yeah so i started really doing cool. those bolt-on tanks just so i could do like all those funky curve transitions because sure. doing that with a tang in the way it's like there's no way there's no way yeah you'd, well you'd have to figure out a way to clamp that to where you could flip it and but then you'd also it. need like a pantograph or something to right. do that curve but without the tang in the way you can just go to the grinder and, and shape it shape it and, and you can do the same to the the positive is going to fit into that's really mm-hmm. that's really slick so you brought some gifts <laughs> you brought this beautiful bread knife for me. That was so nice of you to bring that by. I made uh, this for myself. <laughs> the one knife that I've made for myself in like I don't know if I've made myself <laughs> knives like before have, this, you know. Because uh, so I mean, I've got knives of my own, but they're always like those screw ups and stuff. Right. Like, well, Can't sell that one. I guess going on the knife. I block. guess I'll keep it. Yeah, right. that's. That's beautiful. Yeah, I started doing sourdough a couple years ago, and I didn't have a good serrated knife. That's why you know? I that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I was like, I don't need a serrated knife. I can use my <laughs> my chef knife is sharp enough. And yeah. you're like, well, I it guess was. that crust. Is, <laughs> I didn't realize the crust was that hard. Yeah. So yeah. So you, do you still make sourdough? Yeah, every once in a while. I every don't once in a while. Do it as much, but yeah, I like to make a loaf every once in a while. What got you into sourdough? You can't make me stop talking about this. (laughs) (laughs) Just tastes so good. It's my favorite bread. Yeah. Yeah. So we, we, my wife started making sourdough when we moved to our farm Hmm. and, uh, when we got married, she had never cooked. I mean, she didn't know how to make rice. And so she's moved from that to, she makes us a loaf of sourdough almost every day and it's, well, it's good. It's good. It's really good. Well, I'm gonna have to what, take your knife. What recipe does she use? Oh, she does all different kinds. All different yeah, she does. Uh, she has this huge starter, you know, that she's been feeding for the last year, and it's like, it's just really fun. It's fun to explore. The kids love it. They love to do it with her, um, and they've learned about how hot the oven can get. Yeah. It gets real hot. We bake it in one of those big cast iron uh, Dutch ovens. Dutch ovens. Yeah. yeah. Well, it's uh, it's enameled. Enameled. Yeah. I don't know if it's got a different name or not, but. Uh, she does like a two day proof or whatever it's called, and then we put it in the and it's, it's oh my gosh! But so we have a friend that's local to us, that is a flower farmer. He's got mm. fifty acres, I think, and he only grows flowers on like one acre, and the rest is all in maple grove. and And he like taps the trees for maple syrup in the winter, and then he grows flowers all summer. But he's been experimenting with heritage varieties of wheats, and I've been trying to get him to give me some so we can make sourdough because he has this black wheat. It's mm. black fall wheat, I think. It's black. Hmm. It's like a field of black. It's very goth. <laughs> and it, uh, but 
the thing is modern flour that you get has had everything extracted from it. And so if we get the wheat from him, then I need to learn how to make a stone grinder and I have a plan and I think I know what to do. But, uh, anyway, it's really cool. Yeah, Yeah. it would be cool. It's not economic, but it's like you said, it's one of the, it's like, this is the first thing that you made for yourself. It's like, I've, you know, we've, we've been growing the business for a couple of years and doing all that kind of stuff. And I have recently realized that joy of making again, you know, and, mm. and really finding the pride and fulfillment in, in something done not to sell. It's like yeah. a nice little reprieve in the midst of a lot of work. Yeah. Um, yeah. So you, you have a small, like, do you have a, an audience of people that you primarily sell to? Like how, how do you sell your work? Yeah. Um, like I have a couple of dealers that I okay. supply. So like I can always trust on them wanting stuff on me. Eating, yeah. Eating tools up in New York. Oh, sure. I've heard of them. Yeah. Um, and then, um, blade gallery out in Washington. Yeah. They'll get stuff in uh, Crocker cutlery out in California, he gets stuff from me one, every once in a while too. Yeah. So. Now are those on uh, eating tools is online. Are those all online platforms or mm-hmm. they, okay. Yeah. yeah. Which, um, blade gallery and Crocker cutlery, they have actual storefronts too. Um, but I don't think eating tools does. I think eating tools is yeah. just online. Yeah, I think so. I'm not, I, I Google their things regularly. So yeah. do you, so you make one knife and then you contact them and, and say, do you, do you want this? Like, what's that? I have no idea how this works. I'm really curious. Yeah. Um, I'll usually, you know, I'll, I'll make a run of knives and offer, uh, some of them to them, you know, cause sure. they're, they're taking a cut, you know, yeah, commission yeah. for selling right. stuff. So, um, it's kind of a, like, it's good publicity and dependability, you know, and that right. will take stuff. But then it's like, oh, I could have made, you know, <laughs> <laughs> I could have made this much instead of this right. much. But, um, so yeah, it's that. And then just through my website, mm. putting stuff on there and, yeah. um, getting the ma- mailing list going to sure. have that for people to be notified when I have stuff available. Yeah. So you said earlier that you closed your books. Mm-hmm. Uh, we also closed our custom books because it was always brutal. Like every, everything that we did custom was, I would cry. I'm not kidding. (laughs) (laughs) So is that, is that it? Like you just never found a formula that left you with profitability or was the, did you have a, was it really stressful to work with clients? Like what, what about it? I mean, difficult. Like, like customers, you know, there was one or two that were a pain, you know, but sure. for the most part, you know, they were, they were wanting to get something from me because they wanted something from me, you know, right, they, right. Like, you know, make me something cool, you know. Yeah. But then, you know, there's always the guy that's super picky and stuff, you know, <laughs> has a their vision that they right. want, you know. Right. But yeah, it's just, it's too much time going towards that when I could just be making this stuff. You know? Sure, sure. So do you look at it then now more as like you're exploring your interests and like your creative expression in your work specifically? And then it's kind of, cause you said you kind of, you kind of, uh, set the constraint of I'm going to work in chef's knives cause they're practical, but you're obviously making beautiful chef's knives. So 
is the practical constraint enough to kind of like give you the audience that you're shooting for? Like, or do you, do you find yourself going back to specific designs again and again? Cause they, they sell really well and they're consistent performers for you. Um, yeah, I mean, <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. I just like making stuff. <laughs> uh, yeah, sure. I mean the market, it's always, you never know what's, you know, what's going to be hot sure. or whatever. Sure. Which also like, you know, I'll spend a month or two making, you know, four knives. So, right. But then I'll do, you know, I like to, I do like to try and break up like the super intensive stuff with, you know, little quicker batches of sure. stuff just to have more stuff out there and more variety, you know? Yeah. So you do on average four knives as a set or like as a batch that you're working on simultaneously? Yeah, I'll or? do usually like four to six in a batch because yeah. like anything bigger than that, it's just going to take me too long to make them and they always end up needing to be hand sanded at the same time and that just <laughs> destroys my elbows and stuff and my mind sure. standing there yeah. sanding. So yeah, um, trying to do smaller batches Yeah. To, because there's like efficiency because everything's each knife is its own individual thing it's not like mm -hmm. for the same knife you know right. so um, right. there's not really a gain in efficiency right. uh, once you well like heat treating you know you do them all at once sure past that there's not really any gain from yeah doing a big batch sure so would you say at this point your where you want to see uh see your work at or what what's the next step for for your work and your company and what you want to do um yeah i mean i've just been enjoying going crazy with patterns and stuff and sure all that um uh yeah i mean i would like to eventually do more like production work it's tough sure more automated you know to have um what uh neil Kamamura calls mailbox money you know stuff <laughs> <laughs> sure you know more yeah. steady income that with right. that coming in you know you can focus more time on the big stuff and yeah not have to be stressing so much you know yeah so give yourself some wiggle room creatively even even more which I mean, you, your work is beautiful. It's already very creative. It's mm, it's thanks. just a joy to to take home. Uh, you know. Still trying. <laughs> always going to be all week. It's <laughs> it's going to be all week. So you're you're here at the coal shop this week. Um, mm -hmm. What what kinds of things are are we doing? Do you know? Yeah, yeah. We've got a master plan. You have a master plan. A pattern that I've been. Um, designing that I got uh, Shiloh to make some custom dies. Yeah, to press the the shapes. Actually, we had to go out for those. Oh yeah, you had to get them. EDM. They're EDM'd. Yeah, we'd never do. We've never done that. We've got a shop just up. We've, we're surrounded by these little machine shops. I had no idea how many there are. Hmm. But uh, no, we gave that to Shiloh, and he was like. Want to do this? <laughs> yeah, I know. When I drew it up, it's like I don't know if they can. Well, it's just that you know the the angles and the radiuses and stuff. You guys will have to watch the the video to see it. But um, yeah, it was complicated. But the, yeah, the EDM shop just popped it out. And that that what was wild was 
the, where the EDM cut had a better surface finish than the, the bar. I mean, yeah. I know the right surface the finish was crazy on it's that. It's awesome. It's yeah. awesome what they can do. Uh, no, I'm, I'm definitely excited to explore that more because, like I said, we haven't really done much of that because um, we didn't know we had a source. Mm-hmm. And Logan was trying to get us to buy an EDM. I said, no, no, I don't want that. It's so scary. <laughs> so, so you have a class coming up at mm-hmm. the school, at the Cole School of Iron. Yeah. ColeSchoolofIron.com, ColeSchool.com. Uh, tell me about the class. What is it on? When is it? What are you going to teach me how to do? Are you taking the class? I'm going to try to. <laughs> cool. Yeah, we're going to do the integral knife with Charlie Ellis. The integral knife. Yes. Because uh, I was going to be forging the integral knife, but I was like, well, we're not just forging it. We're making the whole knife. So yeah, it's, so it's the whole thing. Yeah. So we're going to gonna walk away with a finished knife. <laughs> we're going <laughs> to die. <laughs> die try. Die try, yeah. <laughs> but um, yeah, we're like my samples here. I'm doing smaller knives because like, I mean, mainly I do chefs, but right. there's no point in grinding an eight-inch blade, you know, sure. ten, spending a day and a half grinding the blade when right. what we need to focus on is that bolster and sure. shredding up the handle, you know. Right. Once you got that, you can build out a bigger blade and you understand the fund- fundamentals, you know. Right, right. So, so that, that blade that I picked up earlier, that's kind of what we'll be doing in the class mm-hmm. is working yeah. up that, that mechanism that you've created to kind of fit everything together. Yeah, So we're going to be learning all about how to do that, which I like for people who are either more machine minded, Mm -hmm. you know, and are are already, you know, pretty familiar with integrals. This is a good upgrade, you know, to step up your game. But we can also cover like the more basic forged tang, putting the file guide on there and grinding it flat. Sure fit up the um the handle do you remove that much material you would take all of that off not the tang just the shoulder yeah no right 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 (laughs) yeah yeah i just cut it off (laughs) what do you mean uh i guess i didn't realize you removed so much material yeah so it's not that much you know which are we doing both in the class you now you were making two knives oh if you want i mean it's (laughs) it's up to the discretion of the student it's kind of what what where they're at in their skill level Mm -hmm. so you can you can do either one so the one that you have that's that's got that act is that hex hexagonal or is that octagon it's hexagonal so So you can put a wrench on there and tighten it up oh my gosh i've thought of a lot of (laughs) a lot of things (laughs) which that's a um that's a morse taper as well so is that a 1.42 what is it? Yeah, it's like three degrees altogether. Okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, I figured out how to grind that down hexagonal to where it will fit inside that Morse taper for the inside that reamer size. So that fits so, into so a yeah, Morse taper chuck? No, like... You drill your hole in the handle. Yeah, yeah. And then you dream it out with a I Morse taper. Uh, and then okay. it just perfectly oh my fits gosh. in there. Yeah. Which I um I bed the tang, which you like put wax on the tang. Okay. And then you glue it together with the epoxy. And then um since the epoxy doesn't stick to the tang because of the wax, you yeah. can pop it apart <gasps> and then it I've never heard of this. It's cool. So then you can just like perfectly fit it back. Sure, but you can still disassemble it. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah, take everything gosh. apart. Because like oh doing, when I'm finishing out a blade, I'll have it sitting in the coffee for a day 
Yeah. And while I'm doing that, I can be finishing out the handle, you know, sure. uh, oiling it and waxing it and stuff. So yeah. it's, it's nice to save a little time that way. That's amazing. What, what is this though? What is what's going on here? That's my sea monster knife that I've been working on. Is this clay? Yeah, that's clay to figure out how I wanted to shape the handle. It's such a uh, off the wall shape to me. It's like I don't know if that's gonna work, you know. <laughs> sure, but it so it gives you some context yeah. for what you're doing. So, but it's that same thing that you're doing there. You've just so you're doing these really complicated shapes mm-hmm. here, but that is you can do that because you're not fighting your tang. Yep. And then you've got that. I that's this is yeah. Which I got this one too, which is. <laughs> Is that a bone or is that? No, it's a G10. Oh my gosh. But I, yeah, I ground it. Perfectly circular. Yeah. Yeah. Which only. Which would fit the, um, I used a, or I had a little one inch index mill that I cleaned up the, the wood and the bolt back of the bolster. So that'd fit just perfectly in there. Oh my gosh. Once you shape the handle, it'll like, Make those little transitions more curvy and swoopy. Sure. So that should be pretty that is cool. Really slick. Yeah. Yeah. That's cool. Cool. So what I mean, I, I'm not a knife maker. I have a lot of forging experience and making experience. Will I come into your class and be prepared or should I do some work? Beforehand, should I watch a YouTube video? What, what what should I do over here if I'm a if I'm a intermediate noob? Yeah, I mean the the class is for advanced students. <laughs> what if I'm a what but, if I'm an advanced noob? So do I need? I but, mean, should I have uh, knives under my belt? Yeah, I mean it's good should to I come armed. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's definitely you know more geared towards knife makers that have sure. a, you know, a good understanding of how to make a knife and they want to be able to make integrals or, sure. you know, they're already making integrals, just want that to next be, step. yeah, or just to be more efficient with it. I've got ways of doing stuff that have helped me a lot. So sure. share that and share what I've learned, you know? Yeah. And, and also just laying out and setting stuff up and right. making, finding pro- problems easier and solving problems. Will we be forging in this class? Mm, yeah, we'll forge the knives. So everything gets for are we are are we going to forge Damascus? No, no. I mean mono steel. Yeah, mono steel. Okay. I mean, if someone wants to bring in a chunk of something that they sure. made, you know, yeah, but it has to be done because you need you. We need to roll right into. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we're not having and, people. Yeah, bring a stack of steel to <laughs> <laughs> weld up. Sure, we got we got a lot to cover in five days. Yeah, wow, I want to. I really want everyone to, you know, leave with a finished knife. Yeah. So. Yeah. That's the goal. What about like handle material and all that kind of stuff? Are are is, yeah, is it open or is I'll supply some stabilized okay. materials. Awesome. Um, I'll pick up some some good stuff at Blade Show to bring. <laughs> <laughs> Which uh, yeah, like getting ready for the class, I was thinking like, oh, I need to get some material it's like oh it'll be after blade show yeah. no way it's just gonna be remember to get some that blade you right know? leave with a, a couple hundred pounds of of wood and other uh, things yeah cool. which um which i also in Asheville, well weaverville which is right next to Asheville, where the area i live in there's a a really big like exotic exotic wood mill okay. yeah that has 
everything, but that's where I get all my black wood that I use, like that hexagonal knife that you were yeah. Googling. That was black wood from them. So that's Cormark, Cormark International, I think it's called. That's the place that you mm-hmm. get the wood from, Cormark. Yeah. Cormark. Cormark International. Mm-hmm. That's really cool. We have a, I have a local fella oh, yeah. um, that at some point in his life was importing a lot of something from Indonesia mm. and all the pallets are teak, solid 5-4 teak. I mean. So what? Talk into the mic or end? <laughs> Talk into the mic. So anyway, um, cool. So you'll provide some material. Start. What's the, what's the steel? What, you know, what's uh, your preference? Ten eighty four. Ten eighty four. Yeah. What what size stock do we start with? <sighs> One inch round. One inch. Which round. I I was thinking about getting from uh, Maritime up in Canada. Mm-hmm. They've got hex bar. Yeah. That's 1080. Yeah. I was thinking of getting a bar of that to try out because that's, which like the one inch for doing this, I started with one inch, but I squished it down first to get more for the heel to have more mass there. Sure. Um, I like to start with more like a rectangular chunk of steel. Okay. So I'm more, instead of all pushing the blade out, I'm kind of pushing the blade out and pushing the bolster up too to kind of go halfway. Sure. Um, so I end up with more of that material to have a more flare in the heel. Yeah. For well, I noticed comfort. that on, on especially on on that little guy. You yeah. Got, yeah, that's awesome. Which that's fun to grind that to shape and smooth it all out and round it. What What do you mean fun? <laughs> <laughs> There's just more more to work with, you know. Sure. Um, yeah. But yeah, just like. I'm doing that just on the edge of the platen. Sure. I've got a little bit of a radius on the edge of my platen so I can track the belt over a, like a J-Flex or something. Like yeah. Softer belt that will conform to the platen. Jason Knight yelled at me for using a J-Flex belt on a platen, and he called me names. <laughs> and it was... I felt, it felt bad. So it's nice were to you, know that I'm not alone. Well, what were you trying to do with it? <laughs> I don't remember. I, uh, no, I, I don't remember what we were doing, but he, he was like, look at the back of that. And it's J-Flex. Get that off of there. <laughs> Sounds just like him. Yeah. <laughs> um, cool. Yes, for like this stuff that works well, which is like I'll kind of rough shape it in with a X-weight belt. Ceramic, sure. Heavy sure. duty belt to um, get well, it close. And we've then, got like five, five or six. Uh, grinders in the grinder room right now. Mm-hmm. Will that be enough? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. We'll Should we get do. everybody set up? Yeah. Everyone to a grinders. Different. Yeah. That's going to be awesome. Mm-hmm. We had a couple weeks ago, we had a class and we had a full grinding room and had people were cutting their forgings off on the chop saw and then immediately moving over and, you know, cleaning up. And, and it was so fun to have so much danger in all directions <laughs> you yeah. know it was it's a good time it's mm. the first time that we've had that i think we've had that granny room full so yeah. it's nice to see we do need I'm, i'll get the dust collector set up Ooh, before be that would yeah. be good because it it wasn't on mm. yeah yeah which i've done a few like beginner knife classes mm-hmm. and those we had um like three grinders set up and mm-hmm. we had five or six students which yeah. like one 
you have someone who's never ground a knife before trying sure. to grind a knife. You want to be like on them because <laughs> yeah. it's you can ruin it so fast. Of course. You just, just turn the hard. speed down to like 10. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So just like hopping around trying to help everyone, you know. It's, yeah. But with people who have already, you know, they right. pretty much know what they're doing. Everyone that's going to be yeah. in our class will be. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. They'll be showing me what to do. So yeah. <laughs> I'll be good. <laughs> Teaching me. Cool. Which uh, one of the guys who's already signed up, he's, I think he said he was in like heat treating business for 30 years or something. Oh, very cool. so It's like, well, yeah. I don't need to teach you heat treating. Teach <laughs> no, me some yeah. stuff. So. Tell me all the, the hot takes on, on heat treating. Yeah. That's going to be super fun. Uh, yeah. I'm looking forward to the class. It's going to be fun. Awesome. Well, Charles. CharlesLionheart.com mm-hmm. and at Charles Lionheart. Yeah. On yeah, Instagram. On, on Instagrams. Anywhere else that we can find you? Uh, I'm on Facebook, but you know, whatever. Just around. <laughs> okay, well, thank you so much for coming yeah. here and shooting this amazing video that we haven't shot yet. Yeah. We're super excited to, to have you and to have you for the class later yeah, this year. I'm glad to be up here. I've been wanting to come up here since. Well, Blade Show, like two years ago, you're like, yeah, we're doing like YouTube videos with people. You should come <laughs> you, up. You want to come over? You're like, yeah. And then so. it, it all worked out. Yeah. We had to get our place ready for your greatness, mm-hmm. yep. you know? So uh, when is your class? Real uh, quick. Uh, August. Can we put that up on the, what is it? I can't read that. Evan. Middle of August. Something. Producer Evan. August 14th to <laughs> August 18th. And that's here at the Coal Iron Shop, coalschool.com. So, excellent. See, Thank see you, you there. Yeah. See ya.